This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, so, I want to talk about, I guess it's, it's an un, underappreciated aspect of the Hachana that was for Harsinai. Um, it says, Sinai, the preparations, three days, Kidashtim, everything is, is wonderful, it fits right. You shall fence them in. Limit them, fence them in. Be careful going up. And then later on, he repeats it again. He goes down and warns them. He says, They'll destroy those boundaries and run to Now, I'd like to try to understand that um, a little bit what the reason was. What's the point of it? Um, it seems as if so. You could say like the place was holy, and they weren't holy enough. Like Shalna Lechem Aleglecha Kemachta Emel Kadishu. I can understand that, but thank you very very much. Um, I, I, I can understand that, but 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 it seems much more severe than that. It's a Michayev Misa and warn them again, and they should be careful and so on. And it seems as if it's, it says by, um, the Medrash says that the Gvul itself, the boundary itself would say, don't go beyond this point. What's the Indian that? I once heard, parenthetically, this is, um, there's a beautiful word, I think the Bartitschewa said it, but it's a chsidisha, it has a chsidisha flavor to it, that it says that every nation was given a, um, a, a, a mitzvah, like when they asked what's in the Torah, they were told a mitzvah that they would have a hard time with. Yishmael had, had Neof and this one had that. So he asked, well, where's Klal Yisrael's challenge? At the end of the day, it's not fair. Every nation you find something that's particularly difficult, you tell them that's what it says. Where's Klal Yisrael's? So I believe the Kishlevi says that it was, you know, hag um, limit them and tell them not to that's her to get close to Akash Very, very nice Kishlevi's but I'd like to understand what is the essence of, 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 of this mitzvah? What's the problem here? So I want to um, first point out a Rambam that's uh, strange how he elaborates on something. And then I want to go to Gemara Sanhedrin. The Rambam, in his introduction to his Pirush HaMishnayis, the Rambam lists the, the Seder HaMesir of Torah. The Rambam it goes through the entire um, procedure of how Torah was given. Now, most of it in the Rambam is um, there to reinforce the idea of Torah being given totally to Moshe. And not only the Torah was given to Moshe, the physical words we have, and Pirusha, the explanations given with it. So, which means Torah Shabbat So when it says, and the Rambam elaborates, when it says, Sukkah B'Sukkah Stei that's what he was told. And then he said, Moshe, this is what a Sukkah is. A Sukkah has uh, this amount of walls, this amount of schach, and so on. That's the Rambam's flow. And his direction is to explain what is, was given me Sinai, 
that a Novi can't change it, and so on. He, he's sort of giving introduction to Hashem Alpeh, the way you'd expect it. But he has a very long paragraph, which quotes the Gemara in Erevin. It says, I'm not going to quote the whole thing, I'll just, just start it. How did he teach it to Kalah Yisrael? Moshe would go in, and then Aaron would come in first. Moshe would tell him exactly what he heard. Then Aaron would stand on his right side, Elazar Yisrael would come in. Then Moshe told him what he heard, and then they would stand on the other side. Then the 70 Canaan came, and then Moshe it taught, them, it taught them everything the way he s- said it. Then everybody came in, and Moshe repeated again. Then Moshe sort of stood aside, and Aaron taught everybody. And, and this whole process went over four times, each one teaching everybody. It, the Rambam brings this whole chazal. It's a long chazal. It doesn't seem to be of particular consequence. In other words, yes, that Moshe was given Torah, Shabbat Sav, and Baal Peh, that that's 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 uh, Iker Gadol. That's something that is the foundation for our Muna in Torah Shabbat. That's obvious. This this Chazal is a beautiful Chazal, but what's the point of bringing it? What what's the point of it? Um, it, it how they went about teaching it? Why couldn't Moshe just have said the share for everybody and everybody sit the Chazret? I, I understand that part of part of what it means over here is that everybody has it a lot of times. That's good. So let Moshe and teach it and listen to them, maybe say it over a bunch of times, and that's it. There's a whole ceremony here that doesn't quite um, seem to be of any consequence, and it, it doesn't seem to have any reason for it. And the Rambam to bring a medrash, which doesn't seem to be telling us much when he's quite tight in space, He's, he's dealing here with real fundamental issues about what Nevoah can do, how you recognize the Navi, the very, very fundamental things over here. That's the second point about it that I, I would like to ponder. So let's take a look at Gemara Sanhedrin. This is a Gemara my Rebbe Ruchayn Shlavitz would say over many times. And uh, I'd like to... The Gemara speaks about Shmuel HaKotten. Shmuel HaKotten was a Tana. He was called Shmuel HaKotten because he was very modest. And... The Gemara brings a story about how um, there was a place where they, they asked whoever wasn't invited to please leave, and he left even though he was invited, and so on. So now the Gemara says, this is very similar to a story with Rabbeinu HaKadosh, where he was sitting and teaching. Somebody, there was an odor of garlic, which really bothered him, and he said, will the person who ate garlic please leave? So Rebchia got up and left, everybody else left. Uh, but it wasn't Rebchia. Then, so the Gemara says, Reb Gamala. Where did Reb learn to act like this? From Reb Meir. A similar story to Reb Meir. Had Reb know about this? From Shmuel HaKotten. And had Shmuel HaKotten know this? From Shechenya ben Yechiel. It's a Pasuk in Ezra, that Shechenya ben Yechiel replied to Ezra, we're guilty, we married non-Jewish women, and so on. And, and had Shechenya ben Yechiel know it? From Yeshua. That it's, it says in the Pasik, and so on. So you have a whole Gemara here where the Gemara, the Gemara starts at the bottom of the ladder and says, Where did Rabbi learn to take the blame for something that you're not at fault? In other words, that's something that's questionable. There's a lot of Yisem Nikim. person's not supposed to look guilty, a person's supposed to be um, kind of. Um, a person is supposed to present the, the emis of being good. So if somebody accuses you of doing something wrong, you're supposed to say this, I'm right. How did, you know, where did he learn it from? 
so we have one, two, three, Tanoim, then we have a Pasik in Ezra and a Pasik in Yeshua. So I mean I assume Rebchia knew Yeshua. So why did Rebchia bring a ride from Yeshua? That was Reb Chaim Shlavis's question. And Reb Chaim answered that in Torah there is a well, um, a step-by-step passage. In other words, l- let's let's take an example. We can't paskin from a Rambam. Um, we can't paskin Shachot anymore because there are many nosekelim. I- if we take a look, um, we find that we 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 work with the generation immediately preceding us. And, and they would judge be seeing that. So a modern post will deal with somewhat contemporaries who deal with early ones. There's a certain process. So Reb Chaim, I guess I, I'll, I'm using the muscles, my muscle, but it's 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 true. It's it's the idea that I meant. You know, the most electricity, the strongest electricity you have, are in the overhead big power, you know wires that are coming, bringing electricity from the plant down to wherever it is. If you try to stick your appliance into it, h- highly unadvisable. But if you try to do it, you will blow whatever appliance you have. It's not built to accommodate that 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 level of power, of, of amperage, of voltage. You have a step-down transformer that goes and brings it to the main in each neighborhood, and to each house, and in your house it's split up until it gets to a point where it is usable for you. So you you can't connect directly to the source because it will blow everything. You, you, you're not. You need a very measured step down where you can go from power to less to less less in a way that's usable for you. So Reb Chaim said, you can't you can't jump and learn Hanhagis from something that was a few generations ago. Especially this is not a halacha. In a halacha, it's more technical. You can rule sometimes. You know, you, you don't have anybody. And you, you found the Rambam, there's nobody else. So you can sort of go with the Rambam. Here you're talking about an haga. And you don't understand exactly what it is that went on, when to apply it, and so on. And you won't understand it. Reb Chaim used to be very, very insistent that you can't understand things from three generations ago. It's not, you don't connect. You need to connect to your generation's Rebbeim who connect to their generations and, and so on. So, so Reb Chaim learned from that Gemara that you need to learn from an immediate Rebbe who learned from a Rebbe before, who learned from a Rebbe before, and, and so on. I want to use that idea to understand the Rambam. The Rambam appears in Mishnayis means that what Moshe Rabbeinu showed everybody was Mesiris HaTorah has a certain Seder to it. Moshe Rabbeinu is bigger than Elazar, bigger than his children, bigger than Ayin Skenim. But he, to that generation, he can't be their Rebbe. They will misunderstand him. They'll not understand him. He's, he's too big for them. And therefore they need to, he needs to teach it to Aaron. And they need to see him teaching it to Aaron. And then Aaron needs to teach it to the next step. And the next step. M- what Moshe Rabbeinu, I think, was doing, what, what the Rambam, I think, means over here is 
that Moshe Rabbeinu was threading the needle of Mesoras. So Mesoras HaTorah is not just uh, um, it, uh, you know, a, a necessity. Since we, none of us is a thousand years old, we're, we're, we, we can only learn from somebody that was you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, and so on. And therefore, we need Mesoras HaTorah. Aaron, the of Mesoras HaTorah is it's, it's sort of a, a, it's a problem solver. We don't know what happened a thousand years ago. If we have an accurate Mesoras, then fine. No, Mesoras HaTorah really is a way of um, taking Torah from a, 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 a level that we can't relate to and bring it down. Let's take an example. I, I want to take an example. And, and people, we, we have the Rambam. And then we have, a, let's say, Reb Chaim Briskam, a bunch of hundreds of years. I'm just using it as an example. And people ask, well, Reb Chaim's words are not written in the Rambam. That's true. It, it, but but a lot of times, sometimes you'll hear a, a big person say something that you can't understand what he means, and somebody much smaller explains it. He meant this because it's it's it's, it's sometimes if a person is very big, he's not going to be able to chew it up into the words that you can actually understand. It it takes a, a translation of sorts. I'm, I'm talking about translation in a more in, in not from language to language, as from level to level. So Reb Chaim is giving us a tool to use our type of language to understand the Rambam. The Rambam meant the idea, but, but to chew it down in those words is not... It, it, I, I remember when I, f I actually, when I first started teaching Hesha Torah, it was in 1983, um, I would say something and I would get blank looks for a long time. And like, but some of it was some of it was because I would say, well, it's Meduik and Rashi. Don't see Rashi says this. And they would look at me and they'd look at Rashi and look at the walls and say, I don't know what you're talking about. I shouldn't say anything that you're saying. And I realized that the words I was using was a shortcut for something I picked up in Yeshiva. So I'd gone through the motions a whole bunch of times, and then every time I would see Rashi, I could immediately make, I could jump four steps and say, yeah, Rashi seems to be saying that. For somebody who hadn't heard those terms, and it took a long time to realize that I need to rethink the steps and, and to give over the steps because it's not going to work. I remember, I remember vividly was there was a Ran. I asked, does the Ran say it's Chayev or Pater? They said, he says Chayev. I said, no. He says it's Chayev because of a technical reason, which means in principle it's Pater, but it's Chayev. And they were looking at me, but he says it's Chayev. And, and I was trying, I was going, we were going around and around in circles and, until I realized I've, I've, I've taken things for granted. I've, I've condensed things in yeshiva. You develop a certain language that condenses stuff. The morale's understandings of Chazal. Do those words of morale ever say Chazal? No. Chazal never used the words morale uses. But it's a certain translation so that um, a, a Chazal that looks to us peculiar or strange, the morale puts it into words that talk to us. And at some point you can actually go back and see it in there. So Maseir Satira is not just a way in which to preserve the integrity of Torah. It's a way to bring the Torah down to each generation. The fact that we have so many more Sepharim today is not necessarily because we're better, as much as we need it brought down a lot more. A lot more detail, a lot more explanation, different language. But So Moshe started that process of Mesorah Torah to teach it in a way where it went from the one who understood better to the one who needed more explanation and so on. 
I think that that's the Shoresh of the Mitzvah of Hagbalah. The Mitzvah of Hagbalah is to, to show people if you're going to try to go to the peak of the mountain, what you're going to end up with is apicurses or worse. You, you, you can't handle Akash Baruch's direct words. Somebody tries to paskin from Aseris Adibris. He, he will do every affair in the Torah. You can't pass him Aseris Adibris. In I, but in every one of Aseris Adibris, you, you, you have a, a, a hint for every mitzvah, and every mitzvah you have a hint for this and that. Those are wonderful things. We're not holding that. It says that they say that Vilna Goyen in his, in, his, in his last years would just learn Chumash, and in every Pasuk he would see immediately all the Gemaras and, all, and, and everything came from it. It, so that's the Vilna Goyen at the end of his life. That's not us at the beginning of learning. The mitzvah of Hagbalah means that Torah coming from a divine source doesn't make it readily accessible to us. We need to understand our mm-hmm. own boundaries. We need to understand our gvulais. So there's a beautiful vart. I think Svasemis says it. It says by we lay in parshas by Midbar almost every year before Shavuos. Oh, really, there's one, one year out of a whole bunch, the only one duration that you don't have it. But by Midbar is usually laid before. So he said by Midbar is, is sort of the, the classification of each Shevet and each Shevet's family. He says, in a sense, it's the boundaries of everyone, and that's a chana for Kabbalah Satayra. For Kabbalah Satayra, it's to know what you can and what you can't. I almost had, there, there, there was somebody who was learning for us in Yeshiva. There was somebody in our Yeshiva learning for Smith, a very bright fellow. And he asked me a question. He, he said that he has a kasha in Beis Yosef. It was a good kasha. And basically he said, so he thinks he would paskin differently. When my Georgia dropped, I told him, let, let me give you a marshal. Imagine your medical school. And you, you have these, I don't know if this will happen, but maybe to these computers, but they used to have these handbooks of what to do. Uh, like, like the Kulatari Kula, you know, in, in one little handbook, the resident's handbook, intern's handbook. So let's say you come to a patient, you look up, and it says do A, and you have a good svar to do B, a good kasha and a good svar. So if you do that, y- you should be thrown out. Yes, once you become a doctor, you do research, you, you, you publish, it, it could be 20 years later, you become the Bible. But, but, but for somebody to do it first shot is not understanding where he is and, and what his role is. It, it, you need to follow the book to the letter. It, jot down for yourself an interesting point to think about why this case could be different, should be different, whatever it is. But, but you need to understand, realize your gvulos. Because whatever I hear and understand is going through a filter of my mind and, and my um, boundaries. And unless I understand that my Torah that I understand is not Hashem's Torah, it's Hashem's Torah coming into my filter. So just like if I'm colorblind, it, it's not that the, the, the book is not red or green, it's my eyes are limited and I need to understand where and how. Hagvas means Show the people their limits. Show them where they're limited, and 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 therefore, when they get uh, uh, and and crossing that boundary 
is called yaharsu. It's destructive because if you put your if you put your your your, power, your plug into into that wire, you don't get more power. You blow up the the, the, the appliance or the or the electronics. So so the mitzvah of Hagbalah was an important prerequisite. It is it understands that I am limited, and because and Hakadosh Baruch Hu's Torah is unlimited, but it's all coming through my filters. And my filters, I need to understand the limitations. Um, so first point, I guess, the first lesson is to understand that. To understand that every person has a place um, that's his mockumentary. There's, there's an area that I should be passing, and there's an area that I should not be passing. The areas that I should have an opinion, there's an area I should listen. Is there maybe I shouldn't listen? I should maybe, you know, maybe this is beyond me. And I shouldn't. It, it, the, the ideas are confusing me. They're not enlightening me. I need to stand away. On the other hand, a person grows. It, it's not, you know, the, 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 the mind, even the physical mind, has a property called plasticity where it can actually s- seem to, to, to with, with time, able to do more than was thought possible to do and um, it's it's amazing people develop skills and things that we didn't think are natural when we say Torah is unlimited and there's no gvulois it's important to understand what's the sense of it yes Torah itself is boundless we theoretically can keep pushing the boundaries uh, it, 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 the, you know, the doctor ten years into into practice can can make decisions that differ. Twenty years, he could publish them. It, understanding the the, the 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 sort of balance between boundaries and growth is very important. Um, the, the the reason why a person needs to um, and you say you find Bagdola Poskim, they'll write a tshuva and they'll say, I'm only willing to stand behind this tshuva if three other abanim of, of equal stature, great stature, agree with me. It, it's, it's understanding that this question is at, is at the boundary line of what I feel capable of handling, and I don't feel competent unless other people. It, 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 the, it, it's, it's very important to understand that because to, even though Torah is infinite, we're very finite. And our ability to say something and in, 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 give an intelligent evaluation of something is limited. And a person needs to take that into account and also understand that the more we learn, the more we grow in it, the, the bigger we get. And, and we keep pushing the boundaries. We'll always be bounded, but they'll always go beyond. So it, it, the process of learning is, is requires a balance of two things that are really almost opposite. On the one hand, a recognition of personal boundaries. And even though I don't understand it, but I feel I'm not, this is not a place for me to talk. On the other hand, if I keep working, the, the boundaries, they're flexible. They will keep growing. Everybody could become a Moshe Rabbein. Maybe not Moshe. Moshe we can't because of like, like Kam Knavi. But up to that point, there are no, no official boundaries. So I guess in the process of learning, Be'ez Hashem, Baruch Hashem, all of them sits and learns here stark, at least from the people I know, from the sampling of, of the Silver Spring population. Um, it's, it's, it's something to bear in mind to, to keep an appropriate uh, person comes at the appropriate level of another, but with unbridled ambition. The ambition is to become the person who who's much bigger than that. Anybody have questions or something or whatever? We can talk about some few minutes, whatever.
Okay, should be batzlacha and uh, learn well, recognize the boundaries, and keep pushing them. You know, they push push them by learning, by working and learning, by by growing and learning. And and uh, it's it's infinite, but it's a finite steps. That's that's the key to it. Every every kufa is its own boundaries, and there's no reason that they need to limit you because if you work hard and learn hard, you move the next step forward, Mitzvah. Okay. Shabbos.